Welcome to Life Source Church. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud. Today you're going to hear a message from Pastor Walt that we hope encourages you. We're talking about having eyes to see God. So many people would say, you know, if God would just show himself, if we could just see him, you know, then, you know, people would believe. And I think that we found, really in the history of the world and and, and what we see in the Bible, that's probably not true anyway. Because there were plenty of people who have seen him and yet have not believed. And Jesus said specifically, blessed are those who have not seen him and yet believe. But still, I think there's a desire to see God a longing to see him in our lives, in our world. And in reality, we can if we learn to look in the right places. If you remember, we we talked a couple weeks ago about this, that if you want to see God, you have to look at Jesus. Okay? Uh, The Gospel of John, very clear about this. It starts off and says, in the the beginning was the word, and, and, and... That term, the word, refers to the Son of God. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, the word was God. And it says, and the word became flesh and dwelled among us, and we beheld his glory, glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And so God himself entered into our world. You know, our world is pretty messed up. It really is. I mean, uh, we've seen uh, over there in Syria with uh, Aleppo, and I I talked about that, but you know, men, women, children, it's just uh, being slaughtered. And and then uh, just recently, what, the driver of the big truck here in Germany in the market and just, you know, killing people. And, And in Arkansas, a guy gets upset because some you know, didn't like the way the other person was driving and shot a gun at the car and, and took the life of a child in the car. I mean, these are just a few things. Our world's a big mess. And so for God to make a decision, a choice to come into our world, that was a huge thing. A God who was holy, a God who doesn't have anything to do with sin, enters into our sinful world because we need it into. We'll talk more about that in a little bit. And then we talked about our messes and the fact that life gets to be a mess sometimes, you know, and sometimes the messes are just inconveniences or things that irritate you. But sometimes the messes that we find ourselves in have not of our own doing and they are huge and we don't know how to do it. We'd like to see God in the mess, wouldn't we? To be able to look up and see that he's there. And so we talked last week about that and said, if if you want to see God in the mess, you have to look for him in the word. You have to look for him in the word. Because as you get into the word of God and you, you learn what God is like, what God sets his heart on, what he desires, how he works, his principles, what's true. As you start to see the world that way, all of a sudden it starts to change the way you see your mess. And then all of a sudden you start to say, wait, wait, I can see that God is here. I can see that God is at work. And so 
God has enabled us to see him. Now, in our messes, have you ever noticed that we, we know what God should do, shouldn't we? Sometimes we don't, but very often we know what God should do, and, and so we tell him what he should do, right? And we, we call a prayer and we're saying, God, we want you to do this for us. But let me tell you, I think that we ought to be glad that God does not answer our prayers always the way that we think he ought to. Here's what I envision. I envision somebody coming down with a disease, a serious disease, life-threatening disease, a disease that will take their life if, if they don't get the treatment that they need. And so they go and visit the doctor with this life-threatening disease and they tell the doctor, listen doc, here's what I'm here for today. What I want is some painkillers. Okay, just give me some painkillers. I'll be able to handle this. I'll be okay and go forward. And the doctor says, well, no, wait a minute. This, this disease will take your life if you don't get the right treatment for it. And we have a treatment for this disease that will absolutely cure you. You just have to go through the treatment and you will be completely cured when all is said and done. And, and so uh, it, it's gonna take a while, it's not gonna be very comfortable and I'm sorry to say I can't give you painkillers because they will work against this treatment and won't work. And so the doctor tells you, no, 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 let's don't go with the painkiller route, let's get the cure. Well, I think so many times when we go to God with our messes and the problems that we're in, we tell him, here's what we want you to do. Here's what we think we need you to do. Da, da, da. And it's like us asking for painkillers instead of God's cure. And I also think that's why sometimes when we ask God to work in our, in our messes, in those problems, we, we ask him to do things for us and then he doesn't seem to do them and then he doesn't do things the way we think he ought to and he doesn't get them done in the time frame that we think he ought to. And the reason is, is because he's answering our prayers in the best possible ways that we don't really understand. But the more we look into the word and see God and what he's like and how he does things, the more we start to go in the middle of our mess, we start to go, oh. And we can see God at work in our lives. Well, Israel was in a big mess. The story we read tonight, they were in a big mess. They hadn't heard from God for several hundred years. Uh, the religious, there was a lot of division in their religion and some people didn't really even believe in God anymore. Um, the Romans were ruling and the Romans were, were just really tough and hard. They didn't mess around, man. They'd just, they'd kill you, beat you, whatever they had to do. And, and so they were in a real mess. And that's when God shows up. He came at just the perfect time. Pastor Dave read that tonight. When the fullness of time had come, just the right time, God enters into our world. And, and the Christmas story we read tells it like this in, in Luke. The angel speaks and the angel says, do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Now, the fact that Jesus shows up at this time in history. Like I said, it's God's perfect timing, God's way of handling things. He wasn't doing things the way that they thought he would have. 
But he came, and he came not only to address their needs at that time, but to address the needs of the whole world. And the fact that he did this, that he saw our world the way it was and entered into our world to do these things, um, really is something that is much more important than whether or not we feel like we see God the way we would like to. Much more important. And here's what I want you to see, is that, that what happened at Christmas time shows us that God sees us. God sees us. He, he knows our situation. He, he knows what's going on in our lives. I uh, am just so grateful that God knows. He sees me. He sees what's going on in my heart. He knows what's troubling me in my thoughts. He knows what's happening around me. He knows who's doing what. He knows what all the circumstances are. He sees me and he is interested. He cares and he works. The same for you. You know, what, what is there in your life tonight that when you think about it, it bothers you? God sees it. He knows that. What is it that you feel threatened by? What are you fearful of? God sees it all. Be encouraged. You are not alone. God actively watches and knows. And because of that, he will work in your life. Peter says it like this. Peter says that the eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right. His ears are open to their cries for help. God sees. He knows. He cares. He loves you and he will work in your life. You can count on it. Now, there's a story in the Old Testament about a woman named Hagar. And she uh, found herself in a really, really hard situation. Some of you can probably relate. She was, had really given herself to this family situation and had gone all in with it. And uh, what happens, this family who ought to have then cared for her and loved her, uh, rejected her, treated her terribly, so much so that she finally ran away and said, there's no hope here. I, I have you know, no way to uh, go ahead and live here. I don't know what's gonna happen. And it's terrible. And she was so brokenhearted and, and just really overwhelmed. But then God showed up. God showed up and spoke to her and talked to her and told her that he knew what was happening in her life and that he had plans for her and for her son and that, that she had reason to have hope. And she took hope and she entered back into the life that she had and had to deal with. But God enabled her to do that. But what's interesting is, is that she gives God a new name because of this. She calls God by a new name. In Hebrew, it's El Roy. Let me read what the verse says in English. It says, Thereafter, Hagar used another name to refer to the Lord. You are the God who sees me. And she was so greatly encouraged by that. 
and enabled her to go on. And tonight, whatever it is that you are facing in your life or whatever you may face in the future, I want you to know that God sees and knows and cares and works and you can go on. You can take hope in that. You can go forward in it. Because God sees us. He sees us. You know, and he sees us. He knows that we are eternal beings. Uh, when this life ends for us, when our body stops functioning, we continue on. We, we leave our bodies and we go somewhere. And the Bible tells us there's only two places we can go. One's heaven and one's hell. And here's what God sees when he looks at us. He sees that by nature, from the time we are born, that we have a natural tendency to be self-centered, self-focused, to want our own way. I mean, we learn how to interact in life and we can do better, but I think you'd agree with me, wouldn't you, that when push comes to shove deep down inside, whose way do you want? You know whose way I want? I want my way. Now, you know, God works on me and changes me, help me do better, but that was, that was the nature that I was born with. That's the nature that you're born with. And because we are self-focused and self-centered and we want our own way, we make choices in life that are wrong. We do things that God says we ought not do because we want it. We have our own desires and that's what we want. And so we do things that God says we ought not do and then we don't do things that he says we ought to do because we don't feel like doing it. We don't want to do that. Now the Bible calls these things that we're talking about here sin. Sin. God sees us. You know, from the time we are born, we have this nature and that we sin against him. We don't obey his word. We don't live the way that he says we ought to live. That's where we all come from by nature. Jesus said, be perfect like your Father in heaven is perfect. Now, how about you? If I think about that, I gotta be perfect, I might as well just throw up my hands and say, right, forget it. I, I, I stopped being perfect way back in the beginning. <laughs> you know, messed up so many times. And that's what the Bible says. The Bible says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, come short of that perfect high standard that God said. We've all failed. We've all failed to measure up to that. So we all have, a, we are all born with a nature that wants to go our own way, not God's way. We are all born in that sense spiritually dead to God. And, if, and we live that way and if, if we die in that condition, we will stay in that condition for all eternity. We will be dead to God. We will be separated from him. And it will be torment. Aren't you glad that God sees us and knows our needs? Because by nature, like I said, we are separated from him. We are headed to a terrible destiny and eternity. And yet, when we hear the Christmas story, what did the angel say? For unto you is born this day in the city of David. Do you know what it says? A what? A Savior. Who's Christ the Lord, the Son of God. 
It didn't say, born to this day in the city of David, a financial advisor. Didn't say who's born to you is, is a, a great surgeon. Didn't say a personal trainer. No, a savior. Why? Because that's what we need. We need a savior. Someone who can save us from that um, eternal destiny separated from God in hell. Who can save us from the consequences, the eternal consequences of our sins. And, and that's who Jesus was. The Savior. He sees you. He knows where you're at. He knows tonight whether or not you have received Christ as Savior. And he wants you to turn to him in faith and receive Christ as Savior. So you remember Hagar when she realized what God knew and what God has done. She says, you are the God who sees me. You are the God who sees me. Good news. But she continues from there and she says more. She also said, have I truly seen the one who sees me? And the idea is this. It's not enough just to know that God sent a savior. It's not enough just to know about the Savior. We need to truly see him for who he is. He is God. He is the Son of God. He did come and, and, and die for my sins and your sins and rise again from the dead to pay the penalty for our sins so that we wouldn't have to. That's who he truly is. And that's who, how we need to respond to him. Not just knowing about him, we need to personally Turn to him and by faith receive Christ as Savior. So only, only two choices we have. We either stay the way we are, which is that self-focused, self-centered, sinful approach to life that separates us from God now and will separate us from him forever, or we by faith receive Christ as Savior and receive forgiveness for all those sins and, and eternal life from him. Those are the only two choices. So where are you at with that tonight? Are you absolutely confident that yes, I, I understand all that and I have by faith received Christ as Savior? If you're not confident of that tonight, then maybe you need to make that decision tonight. Because I guarantee if you've made that decision, you'll know. You'll be confident in it. I'd like to give you an opportunity tonight to, to receive Christ as Savior. What a perfect time, the celebration of Christmas, God sending Jesus into the world to be our Savior. What an awesome time for you tonight to say, I'm going to receive that for myself. So I want to give you an opportunity to do that. Let's all bow our heads and close our eyes for just a little bit here. If you are here tonight and you're saying, yeah, I don't know that I've received Christ as Savior. I, I don't know that if my life were to end tonight that I'd go to heaven. I don't know that. Well, I want to give you an opportunity right now to settle that issue and receive Christ as Savior. In just a moment, I'm going to pray a prayer. 
And I invite you to pray along with me. And you can pray silently in your heart and mind. God knows what you're thinking. God knows what's in your heart. But you pray along with me and you put it in your own words to God. That's fine. But let's, let's settle the issue once and for all. Make a decision right now to receive Christ as Savior. And if that's what you want to do, silently now just pray along with me. Say something like this to God and mean it from your own heart. Say, God, I know that I have sinned. I know my sins have separated me from you. And they will separate me from you forever in hell if I don't do something here. I believe that Jesus died for my sins. I believe that he's who the Bible said he was. They died to pay the penalty for my sins and he rose again from the dead. I believe this. Right now, the best I know how, I receive Christ as my savior. I open up my heart to, for him to come and to give me eternal life. I accept his payment for my sins. Amen. Head still bowed, eyes still closed. If you just prayed that prayer with me, let me tell you what happened. And you were sincere. You meant that. God has forgiven every sin that you have ever committed or ever will commit. You are forgiven forever. Second thing is that you now have eternal life. When this life ends, you will go to be with the Lord in heaven. And the third thing has happened is that God himself has moved inside of you. And he's going to begin working on you and helping you to change in good ways from the inside out. It's a very important decision you made and I want you to understand it. So I would like to be able to pray for you about the decision that you have just made. So in just a moment, I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand with nobody else looking around. So raise your hand and indicate to me that you prayed to receive Christ so that I can pray for you. So with nobody looking around right now, if you prayed with me tonight to receive Christ as Savior, right now, would you just lift your hand so I can see it? Anyone like that here tonight? All right, Father, thank you so much for working in our lives, that you see us, you know us, you love us, you, you've moved toward us, you, you work in our lives in ways we don't always understand and, and Take time that we don't always want you to, but God, thank you that you see us perfectly and do what we need to have done. Right now, again, with nobody looking around, are there any Christians out here tonight? You've already received Christ as Savior, but you'd say, you know what? I got some things in my life that I, I really need hope for, and I really need to, to, to believe that God sees me and knows what's going on. Anybody like that tonight? Just raise your hand so I can pray for you. Anyone? Yes, I see that hand. Anybody else? Father, thank you again that you see us and work. I pray for those who raise their hands here, Lord, that you would help them to really grasp this, that it would give them great hope, and that you would uh, just encourage them and strengthen them for whatever lies ahead. Remind them each and every day that you see them and you know what's going on. And I pray this in Jesus' name.